So hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind White Coats. I am Anita Kartka. And I'm Prashna Subedi, currently a fourth year medical student. My gosh, this is getting harder. <laughs> I cry. <laughs> oh, we're not where we want to be or we have to get this, we have to do that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> There were many exams that I feel like I shouldn't have passed. Sign on my doctor or medical studying medicine. The vision of spreading hope and togetherness with this podcast was initiated. It's only getting bigger and bigger and we're so proud to have come this far and are forever grateful for your support. Today we have designed our episode in a different way. because it's basically the hosts who are recording but today we have with us our whole podcast the people who work behind the scenes to make everything happen and we are also introducing the concept of live audience so anyone listening to us if you want to come over and see our podcast being recorded you can do that anytime just ping us on our viber or even leave a comment down below on youtube and we'll contact you i think this is going to be more fun but this isn't all we also do have a special guest with us today who is such a great example of leading by example we'll know a lot more about her throughout this podcast but for now let me just tell you that see someone who has lived by the motto of dream big think smart and inspire others Dr. Patrice Baptist, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Baptist. Ah, uh, hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing these days? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. I'm sure you guys know I'm always busy <laughs> doing something. So it means I'm always tired as well. <laughs> But because I enjoy a lot of what I do, I'm, the tiredness doesn't bother me <laughs> too much. <laughs> I always try and smile because I enjoy everything that I do. So yeah, I'm doing well today. I'm really happy to be here. I'm I like I said before we started recording, I'm really humbled that you guys look up to me and you want to know your podcast. So, um yeah, I'm interested and excited to um have a discussion today. So Dr. Patrice, starting with formal session and ask you. It's basically that we are human beings in this world and we have different stories and maybe we play different roles. for different people and in different situations of life but there is typically one story that lets us define our entire life so if you had to choose one narrative or one story to define you what would that be uh when you said it defines our entire life that's quite strong actually <laughs> but um i know what you mean and i think if i was to choose one narrative it's probably one that you probably know me for which is dream of becoming a doctor so uh, you guys said that you had watched some of my videos and obviously I spoke at the HLA conference and you know that I always wanted to be a doctor but I didn't come from a background of doctors I didn't have the you know most opportunities my school you know it was publicly state funded so it was a good school but it wasn't I feel equipped enough to help me get onto that path to becoming a doctor and of course it could always be improved <laughs> so i feel like i was definitely at a disadvantage but because i had a particular mindset and because it was something i wanted to do and i was passionate about and i had that focus and drive i worked really hard and i sourced out resources sourced out opportunities and made it a reality really so um i hope that my story or my narrative is a testimony to the fact that actually it may be hard but you 
can have a, a dream and you can, like my motto says, you can have a big dream, but make sure that you have a plan and you think smart about how you're going to make this dream a reality. And like I said, always inspire other people as you go along the way. So I think if I was to choose one narrative, I think it would be the narrative or the story of wanting to become a doctor and doing everything I could within my power to make that happen. That is wonderful to hear, Dr. Baptist. And I think hearing this story right now, we can totally understand your motto of uh, starting Dream Smart Tutors as well. Through that platform, I understand that you have been doing such an important job of mentoring because I have said this in previous episode of our podcast as well, that coming into medicine was not my conscious decision. I didn't know what I was jumping into. So you going to them and telling them what it is actually like to be a doctor, telling them what you could expect from this profession and how can we make most of this. It's, I think in itself, a great deal for many more students like us. I understand that they have been benefited a lot from your mentoring and from your work. But here, what I would like to know is, have you in any way been inspired and has it in any way affected your life to be a better person or in any way possible? I think even just meeting people like yourself you know young people medical students who look up to me it makes me want to be a better person it makes me want to be a very good leader you know I think we're all human and there are many times when I look back even when I was doing dream smart choose and I was working with other people you know you have some conflict and I do feel that I could have handled many things in a much better way but it's about growing and about maturing and I think you have to learn from your experiences so I feel like I'm in a very privileged position not only as a doctor but also as a role model I am very conscious of how I portray myself how I act and I how I treat other people and I always try and just be a good person (laughs) I try and be humble I try and just yeah just be a good person and you know I try and just treat people how I want to be treated and like I said no one is perfect I'm human and we all make mistakes but it's about trying to learn from those mistakes so yeah I think for me (laughs) I I feel a great responsibility to lead by example like you said so not surprised but I'm always just have this lovely feeling when you guys tell me oh you look up to me because yeah I just don't I just do the things that I enjoy and I try to inspire people and when I get that feedback it really makes me want to do more and more good but it's like a cycle so, <laughs> so yeah I just want to be a good person and just try and help people in any way that I can it doesn't always have to be you know people always think you have to give money to a good cause it could be giving your time or just listening to someone so I try and just make small changes or more contributions and sometimes they make very big impact so I hope that answers the question <laughs> that was so wonderful to hear Dr. Baptiste it's basically about human emotions and connecting and understanding each other to build a better world and while we were preparing for the podcast we also got to know that you're very fond of poetry from a very young age <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Two of us here have poets as well. Monita writes really good poems. Okay. Oh, wow. I try writing. I don't know like how to. We all try. We all try. I say I'm a poet, but I'll let everyone else be the judge of that. You know, I let I'll let people call me a poet. You know, <laughs> because like you said, you try. You know, and um, you do what you what your best, and you let the audience be the judge. <laughs> 
So Dr. Patrice, what we've felt and what we think we have been reading or we have been understanding is physicians must be empathetic. But this is my personal experience that once you see so much of pain, so much of suffering when you go to the ward, you somehow become immune to that and many things don't trouble you and maybe you lose the essence of having emotions or having conversations and you just look at the disease as sort of a disease. So how important could poetry be in order for medical students to express themselves and would poetry and emotions also help us become a better way is your view on that? I think anything creative or anything outside of medicine will definitely help you um, with your own personal development and also with becoming a doctor and um, like you said quite rightly so when you see so many conditions of the same presentation or the same kind of similar examples you do be- I wouldn't say immune but I would say you better control your emotions and I think over the years you don't become cut off but you kind of build a wall so that you don't cry in front of the patient you know <laughs> so I think you have to obviously have it's a, it's a fine line you have to obviously try and put yourself in the patient's shoes try and take a moment to just understand what they could be going through being a patient yourself or having family members or friends who have gone through certain things definitely enhances your ability to have sympathy have empathy and I think it's often important for us to remember that or even just remember if this was a family member or a friend would we want them to be treated in that way and I think if you think about it in that way then you shouldn't really ever be cut off or be immune to things. And I think just being human, I personally couldn't be immune. Now I'm, you know, as a GP, I'm better at controlling my emotions. I mean, I think as a junior, it was quite stressful as well. So you have all that as well to contend with. And I lost my gran in 2015. And I was taking my year out of training at that time. And I remember I saw an elderly lady and she reminded me of my gran. And I had tears, like a tear in my eye. Uh, And I really had to, you know, just take a moment to uh just take a breather because you know we we are human we have things going on in our lives and so we have to be professional still but it's hard so i think doing things like poetry or being creative or just taking time outside of medicine definitely helps us connect with ourselves and in our, our emotions so i think it'll always be a positive for you to do something outside of medicine it can only add to you being a better doctor so yeah i think that i i hope i answered there was a few questions in there <laughs> so I hope I answered the question. But yeah, I think poetry for me has always been an outlet. Uh, even writing, like when I write for GP Online, which you may know about, looked at my videos, it really just, it just helps me. What's the word? I don't know. Just get back to a bit of Trice. You know, I'm, I'm Dr. Baptiste in work and in, on social media, but really I'm Patrice, you know, and I enjoy loads of other things other than <laughs> medicine, medical things. So for me, poetry, writing, exercise, it really helps me. That's it. Reconnect. That was the word I was looking for. Reconnect with Patrice, reconnect with myself. And I think you need that self, that's me time, that time just do things outside of your day-to-day studies, day-to-day work. And like I said, it can only add to your profession, but your mental health as well. And I think if I didn't have the outlet, I would struggle, which is why I struggled in training because I found that I didn't have much time to do all the things that I was interested in doing or that enabled me to have a, a release, an outlet. So I love running and if I had a stressful day I would look 
pool to a run but then if you have a stressful day or you finish late you can't go for a run how do you release that tension you know <laughs> so it's hard but I think it's again it's finding a balance and asking for help you know we're definitely going off topic here but asking for help and support and I think a lot of time in medicine we are kind of taught to going back to the emotional side of things where we're taught or we're in a culture where you shouldn't be emotional you shouldn't you know you shouldn't ask for help or you shouldn't show that you're suffering or that you're upset or something has affected you and as doctors it doesn't make any sense how we can do this to ourselves you know <laughs> we encourage people to seek help and seek support but we don't do that for ourselves one of the big things i really don't like in medicine and one of the cultures is that when you're ill you should still come to work you know there's a guilt that goes with that i suppose if your colleagues are going to be struggling of course you want to come in but i always say you know there's that saying how can the sick treat the sick we have to look after ourselves first that goes back with if you have a creative outlet, try and hold on to it. And if you're struggling to hold on to it, please seek some support or speak to someone about it and how maybe you can dedicate some time to doing that alongside your studies or your profession. Dr. Baptiste, these were very nice words from you. Uh, I want to say something. As far as we get to know you through your videos, uh, we have portrayed you as an enthusiastic, multi-talented, successful and happy person with a portfolio career. <laughs> I find this very inspiring. You have touched many dimensions like guiding young generations through dream, uh, smart tutors, writing and publications, working as a medical examiner and making YouTube uh, videos to help around the world, including all others, keeping uh, your medical practice at the center. What was the question? How do I do that? How do I do all of that? Yeah. How, do you, uh, oh. how do you manage your time? Uh, I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good question. I actually have a whole video on time management. I think for me, like I said, when you enjoy doing something, you make the time for it. So, you know, in my spare time, if I've got a, an hour to relax, I might write an article for GP Online or I might shoot a YouTube video. I may edit a YouTube video. You know, I may, you know, I don't know, go for a run or something. So I think I just, I always try and just, well, one, I have a to-do list, which it probably works against me because it makes me worry about the things I'm not doing. <laughs> but I always have a to-do list. I always prioritize. I always think about what can I achieve in a particular day. So today I have a number of things I wanted to get through. Of course, the podcast was top of the list. One of the important things I had to do. Um, but then there were a few other things I had to do, like a YouTube video. I had to sort that out. So I made a point of doing that. And then I know that there's only so much time in the day. So if there is a task that I feel will take me 30 minutes, then I'll say, okay, well, I'll do this at this day where I have that time slot. There's no point in me trying to fit in a project that's going to take me four hours in a time sort of 30 minutes when I know it's not possible, you know. So I try and just be practical. I try and have a plan. Like, again, if you know me from the videos, you know, I always plan and prepare. So writing things down definitely helps me. I'm more of a visual person. I, I try and write a lot of things down as well. So just, yeah, keeping on track of what I have to do and, and the urgency of the task. I don't always write down how urgent they are, but I have a list of all the things I have to do. And then in my head, I know, okay, well if I've got a deadline of next week for the article I may start it I, say if it's Monday I may start it the Monday beforehand and either I finish it or I don't I do half of 
of it and then I come back to it. You know, like when you're at school or medical school, you have a number of different classes in the day of different subjects or different topics. And that's kind of how I still do it. I have a few different things that I'm juggling. And because I feel like sometimes I get bored or my concentration goes, I try and just juggle it in the day. So in the one day I may do three different things or for a short time and get it done that way. And I plan far in advance as much as I can. So I think that's probably a combination of how I manage to do things. But yeah, like I said, I mean, I definitely sleep, but I'm always on the go. And I think it comes from just being a high achiever, being someone who's just highly motivated and just enjoys what they're doing. So I have that push and I do it myself. And I think people have asked me in the past, oh, with medicine, you know, they, they didn't know my back. They all, oh, did your parents ask you to do or tell you to do medicine? I said, if my parents told me to do medicine, I wouldn't have become a doctor. <laughs> I would have given up because it wasn't in a drive. So because I am driven to do all these different things, I can keep them up. So my not question, but what I would say to you guys is that try and find things that you're interested and passionate about and if you want to develop like a portfolio career or want to do multiple things do the things that you're interested in because if you do the things you're interested in you will be able to do them and do them well so you have multiple things doing at the same time and people will wonder again why how you're doing it but it's because you're interested and you enjoy it so it's not like it's not work you know it's not it's not a hassle for you to have to oh I've got to do this now I've got to do that because you enjoy it so I think that's the crux of how I'm able to juggle loads of different things getting into medicine this year I've really really found it difficult you know give same level of energy to all my projects I'm involved at a time. And that makes me choose one and discard others. And I think now listening to you, I can prioritize things better. I hope I can follow my passion and I can do a lot better than now I'm doing. And I think I can get back and check, follow your tips and I can make you proud someday. Yeah, I definitely learn from you because when I was a medical student, I'm saying this now as a doctor who's worked part-time, as a medical student, it was hard for me and I do feel that I work too hard. You know, I feel there are many times I could have spent half an hour writing poetry, but I thought, oh no, 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 I don't have time for that. I need to do this project. I need to do this. But actually there was time. I just didn't prioritize it. That ultimately led me to being miserable sometimes because I wasn't having that outlet so yes even if it's half an hour just put that half an hour into your week or into a day and you'll find that it will definitely benefit you and you'll be able to have longevity in your project so yeah definitely try that to add to that dr piece, what she said like having a creative outlet and everything that's happening right now this podcast and even the other projects that we're involved in the lockdown has played a big role in that and i'm someone who has done a lot of toxic studying because medicine they say like you need to study and over two years i was just a studying robot and i used to skip pages from one book to the other to the other to the other and I did not know who I was or what I was doing with my life and that was pretty hard for me and what we advocate many a times to medical students coming here as well is that it's a lot of hard work and the only thing that you need to do is study and that's going to get you out of med school and you become a doctor so that's the narrative we are setting to each and every medical here in Nepal there might be situations different in the UK we would love to hear that and as you said like you've written for GP online and we had read one article that you said that how our trainings could be more adequate would be more humane and I think that definitely should go what are your views on making our training more humane and more personalized what do you think should we do or should we teach our medical students 
were going to come to medical school as well. I think it's difficult because the job of the medical schools is to make you a doctor, right? And that involves, you know, rigid assessments and making sure you, you're safe, which is very important. I do think that maybe more medical schools could, if not factor in some time for creativity, but definitely point the students to some creative outlets or some signpost them to places. I think a lot of the time the onus is on yourself to pursue these other things but you know I think the number one the training or the medical schools could maybe look into this a bit more but I'm not sure that's going to happen (laughs) but I think as students and as as a group or study groups or groups of friends you guys can you know do this amongst yourselves and check in on each other as well and hold each other accountable Uh, like I said you know looking back I really wish that I hadn't just devoted six years to just studying and slogging away, you know, I could have done so much more, but it was the mindset and I wish I had someone telling me, you know, you can do it and make sure you make some time for it and it's going to do you the world of good if you took some time out. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, you know, I had friends, I had a life, you know, but um, I feel like I could have utilized it more. Like Even with publications, like if you watch my video, you know, I didn't get published until I was an F1, uh, you know, first year as a doctor. Um, and I think, I do think because a lot of those summers, I tried to not think of medicine. I try, I was, I think I was so traumatized by the amount of exams and stuff I had in the academic year that in the summer, I would just not do anything medicine. <laughs> uh, I didn't look into internships. I didn't look into publications. I just wanted to be free, <laughs> basically. But I think that's because I didn't have a good balance in the year. I think if I had a good balance in the year, I think I would have utilized my summers much more and better. So I think it, the onus is on ourselves and we should hold each other accountable. But yes, the medical schools would also do a bit more to support us with being a bit more creative or just being human. (laughs) Because looking back, when you apply to medical school, I'm sure it's the same globally. I'm sure all the medical students or majority of the medical students probably feel the same way. But looking back, you know, when you apply to medical school, you have to prove you're well-rounded and you are head of the sports team and all of these different things. And you still are performing at the top 1% in your class. And then when you get to medical school, somehow all of that just changes. And then if you fall into the trap of not having that, those outside interests or maintaining those creative outlets, when you become a doctor, I'm so Sorry, it just continues on that that slope. So it's about also doing it while you're in medical school and forming good habits now. Because when you become a doctor, it's going to get worse. You know, <laughs> you'll have less time probably because you'll be on a rotor on calls. But if you develop good habits now and have a good group of people who can hold you accountable, even if they're not there physically, that is not just your friends, but you know your your family, close people, close relatives. Then I feel like you will be have a good foundation to do very well and to not burn out and to not have mental health problems but it's about having to to learn these habits and putting them into place now versus when you've already burnt out and you you have depression and anxiety this is such um, important advice to all of us and thank you for saying this i understand how important self-care can be as you said the vent that we need the creative outlet this can be very important for pushing ourselves being a good human rather than just a mechanical doctor so thank you so much what i would like to say here is you're living a dream you're living a life that you had dreamt at the age of four right i know this has been a long journey there have been uh, support from your surrounding your people around you who loves you your family your own hard work has been 
paid off. But I also understand that there might have been many setbacks, many hardships or downfalls. How did you tackle them? Would you like to share some of those tips with us and also what keeps you moving despite them all? You know about my my main dip. <laughs> when I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was going to carry on, you know, being a doctor. I think that was probably looking back one of the lowest points in my professional career, not even talking about my personal life, but my professional career because like you know, I wanted to become a doctor since I was a child and then to go through all those years of training, sacrificing, you know, like you heard I'd study, study, study. <laughs> and then become a doctor oh yeah happy days and then to wonder have I made the right decision you know and then I think a lot of people have shame because they feel that oh I, you know I shouldn't be talking this way you know I'm, you know being a doctor is a very privileged position I've worked so hard how could I not be happy a lot of people will feel embarrassed by admitting that they're not happy uh, even to themselves their family members who look up to them you know my parents they knew my story they were very proud of me oh my daughter's a doctor my daughter's a doctor whoever they can tell I'm sure your parents are the same my son or my daughter's doctor or medical studying medicine they're very proud and then you know you say to them oh I'm not enjoying it or I'm not happy how as a parent you know how they must feel how can they tackle this how can they support you and I can only imagine how my parents felt when I was saying to them you know I was not sure if I want to be a doctor anymore so for me even to admit that there was something wrong was uh, you know um, a very low point because I had to admit it to myself first that I didn't enjoy it and I tried I really tried you know when it was hard I thought well this is just how it is you know maybe it's me you know I should be working harder or there's something I'm missing or there was just always I was always trying to find a reason but it was obvious to me it was the system that was the the issue and I think once I realized that it wasn't necessarily me and it wasn't I didn't lack the passion it was just where I was and the system I was in then it became much easier for me to navigate and to decide what I wanted to do going forward so I think that was probably my lowest point and how I navigated it was yes doing some soul searching just taking some time for me as Patrice not Dr Baptiste and just your self-care and then just speaking to people and speaking to other doctors who are going through the same thing because I felt like in the hospital there are many doctors who are happy or many doctors who don't just don't talk, talk about it they're not happy but they hide it or they're not happy and they just they don't hide it but they just get on with it and so who do you speak to you know so I stepped away from that environment and I spoke to other doctors who were feeling like I was feeling I went to events that were not medical events just to experience life because my trajectory has been a very linear one I've gone from school to medical school to working as a doctor so I felt like I didn't really have that life experience so I wanted to take some time to experience life a little bit and so yes I think that's how I kind of got through that that low point in my life by looking back about who I was and looking after myself speaking to people knowing that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't a freak you know <laughs> that it wasn't something I was an odd person for feeling this way and then just realizing that it was the structural problems you know the hierarchies the way the system was composed that made me feel that way and it wasn't necessarily a problem with myself and then once I had done all of that it was much easier for me to realize that I wanted to still be a doctor and it was just how could I still make a difference and still use my medical training to help others and so I chose general practice as you know so I think that's how I, I kind of manage through and pray I don't talk about God a lot but I have to be very careful how I use the term religious because I say religious but it's like a spectrum isn't it really but I'm Catholic and I do believe in God and you know I can't attribute any of my successes to just me being 
a superwoman because I'm not. I do believe that God has directed my paths. I believe that a lot of my success or all of my successes have become have come from God. When I look back at my exams, there were many exams that I feel like I shouldn't have passed because I, I feel like I was rubbish at some of the questions, but I passed, you know. So I hold that to a divine power, honestly. And people might think I'm mad for saying these things, but unless you go through it, it's hard to explain. So for me, there were things that have happened in my life that only I feel God could do and have has done. So I, again, I can't just sit here and say to you, oh, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing so well because I'm just an amazing person because, you know, I'm not. I'm, anything that I have done and anything that you see me be successful in, I attribute to God. So I made sure I pray and yeah, I prayed and I went to church. I went more often to church and I think you know, spending more time with God helped me again. Just, yeah, remember why I chose medicine and that I still had good to do, you know, and yeah, <laughs> praying. <laughs> you know, well, you're saying uh, sometimes you feel like you, you're passing an exam that you need not have to. I'm feeling like you're telling my story because I felt it so many times. But honestly, because there's exams and I'm sorry to cut you, but there's exams and I was like, I'm sure I failed that exam. And I'm like, please, God, please just help me pass this exam I'll be I'll do better the next time just help me pass you know? and he, I put every every time and you you guys if you've watched my videos you know the only time I failed was my GP exam and that's a whole nother discussion that's a whole nother discussion because I, I feel like God was teaching me a lesson in that failure and I needed to fail that exam so I talk about the non-spiritual things as to why I failed, but there are as a whole conversation I could talk about with the spiritual reason as to why I failed that exam. So, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you. I'm, I'm terrible at cutting people off. So, as someone, uh, I was educated in a convent school with a lot of those Catholic values as well. So, I understand the importance of prayer and every word that you're saying. I think it resonates with surrendering yourself to higher power and overall mental health and that you're not mm. alone but it becomes kind of difficult and you have said a lot of things but what concrete advice would you give to us millennials because we are focused on cvs and so many credentials and what we can achieve what we get to show and it's a bit of achievement and you define yourself with achievement so as a medical student or as a team of medical students or as a class of medical school, how can we support each other and not be competitive? But I don't know, like what, what advice would you give to medical students like that? Competition, some level of competition is very good. You need it to do better in yourself as well. And also competition with other people, but also competition with yourself and always striving to be better. One of the main things I would say is just focus on you, focus on your development in like we said the spiritual side if you're spiritual or religious the mental health side the academic side and try not to worry too much about what everyone else is doing it's it's easier said than done look you know i know okay but it's about trying to make a conscious effort of that and just trying to work at it every day like even me i've said many times in my videos i'm not the most positive of uh, people i work really hard to stay positive you know <laughs> sometimes the day is going rubbish and I, I have to try i struggle to find something positive you know <laughs> so trying to have a, a develop the, the, the habits the good habits now and the foundations now because life is going to be full of ups and downs there's always going to be something bad around or negative or not 
so good around the corner, then there's always going to be a, a happy day around the corner. And I think it's about trying to train yourself and develop a very good, positive, strong mindset. So focus on yourself and try not just try not to worry too much because, again, I've said it in many interviews, you know, I'm, I'm a, naturally a warrior. I think many medical students are probably <laughs> warriors, um, whether they admit it or not, or, you know, they're aware of it. We worry. Like you said, different things about publications jobs are we going to pass an exam if we fail what's going to happen but honestly there were many things I've worried about which I can't even remember what I was worrying about <laughs> you know at the time it was very important I suppose as a worry looking back I could have spent a lot of time just being happy <laughs> and I would say you guys are in the like a very privileged position there are many young people or people who want to get into medical school you are in a perfect position and remember and count your blessing you know a lot of time we get caught up with oh we're not where we want to be or we have to get this we have to do that but just take a moment and I would say take a moment I'll challenge you every day take a moment to count your blessings your family your friends your health you know you're in medical school what you've done beforehand all the things you can think of even write it down and force yourself to look at it and remind yourself I'm in a very good position I'm very fortunate I'm very blessed I'm very privileged because often we are in the future oh you know I I need to get here this time I need to do this I need to be the best I need but we forget to be in the present or we're in the past or we failed this exam or we didn't do well at this or we fell out with this person you can't live in the past you can't live in the future you have to live in the present and I have to also consciously remind myself to live in the being the present if I find um, my mind is wandering which is like mindfulness, I suppose. I try and bring myself back, be in the present. There is something called the worry tree, which is something they use, I think, in like CBT or counseling for anxiety and worry. And it's about, if you have a worry, is there anything you can do about it at that time, in, in that particular moment? Because if you can't, then try and let the worry go. If you can, try and put a plan in place of how you're going to tackle that particular worry. And hopefully that should reduce your anxiety or reduce your worry. Sometimes people use worry times where you have a moment where you're, you dedicate some time to worrying. I don't know, I haven't tried that, but some people might try it and it might work for them. But yeah, I think that one of the things I would say, if you are a worrier like myself, try and acknowledge that yes, you're worrying and acknowledge, is it a real worry? Is it something that you need to put a plan in place for? And if if it's not a real worry or something you're just anticipating could happen but may not happen then try and let it go because life is too short we know in the pandemic look a lot of people have lost their lives you know you may have lost someone close to you or a friend or know someone who has and so and even as a medical student you know how you see death you've seen what could happen to the human body you see that you could be 40 and have an autoimmune condition and your life could be turned upside down so if you know all of these things try and consciously remind yourself and then say well actually i'm going to use that to try and become a better person or to be a happier person i think we have inner peace comes you know it, peace comes with from ourselves and you have to try and find this peace somehow and find a way of maintaining that peace because like i said life is the roller coaster and you could be searching for peace and searching for things and you may never find it it's about looking within yourself and trying to find it within yourself so i think those are probably my biggest <laughs> tips from my own personal experience as well um, from what i've seen from other people so yeah please my biggest 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 one is try not to worry so much things will fall into place in the end they will trust me they will so learn from me don't worry so much <laughs> they're so insightful words and uh, thank you for thank you for this uh, now i want to ask you a question 
in your view, uh, what is the most important quality that every doctor or medical personnel should must have? If you have to choose uh, one, what is that quality? That's a very difficult question because there are so many uh, and I'm not sure I could pick one to be honest we've already spoken about empathy and sympathy patience you know listening I think I, I really can't pick one but I will talk a little bit about listening I think even as a leader I think you should listen to other people but sometimes we have a conversation and we don't we don't know we're doing it sometimes but we're not actually listening we are thinking about how we can respond or how we can get our point across or how we can get our agenda across and I think sometimes you have to just stop and stop thinking about yourself and just try and listen actually listen to what that person is saying many times patients have said to me they've had certain symptoms and it doesn't really make sense you know sometimes it just doesn't fit that textbook condition but the patient knows themselves and many times patients have said to me I know my body I know this isn't right for me and you know you have to stop and listen and because if you don't you could be missing something and overlooking something and so I feel like it's really important to not just with patients but with your own colleagues or family to just listen and just listen to what they're saying and try and actively respond not just respond you know um in, as or not not answer the question as to what you think they're saying if that makes sense try and really understand and grasp what they're trying to convey or get across to you rather than what you think they're trying to say or anticipating it and trying to get a response over based on your own assumptions does that make sense <laughs> i feel like i'm talking rubbish <laughs> but i would say i think listening is so is so important like truly listening yes oh uh, we do tend to come from our own uh, predefined tendencies and paradigms that we already have and trying to accept what someone is saying you know, takes a lot of security you know to break the wall and let the uh, let that come through you oh, okay so, so yeah I guess that's uh, what you're trying to say yes and, exactly I'm, so, I'm glad you understood I'm glad I hope people understood <laughs> Dr. Patrice uh, we as uh, medical students from a developing country like Nepal we kind of feel uh, we are left behind from the international platform especially in terms of critical thinking uh, being exposed to research from early on med school quality improvement projects audits and presenting in international conferences it's like a usual thing in other um, like let's say countries like UK but for us that's like we only get to hear about it on YouTube and it's not really incorporated in our curriculum what advice would you like to give to us uh, in order to become an internationally competed doctors in the future I think you've mentioned some of it already actually just staying in the loop speaking to people like myself you know doctors you can contact doctors I'm sure many of them would be interested in giving you some advice like I try and do for my videos or through just my contact with many of you via social media I think the advantage that you guys have of your generation compared to people in your country many years before you was the internet and the social media you know even in my generation when I was applying to medical school I didn't have access to social media on the level it is now compared to some people who are in medical school at this current time. So use the internet, use social media to advantage, try and contact people and just stay in the loop like you're doing. There's always going to be projects, always going to be things out there. It's just about sourcing that. And unfortunately, your medical school isn't able to guide you, which is not unique to 
maybe it's exaggerated where you are, but it's not unique to just your 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 situation, your medical school. There are many medical schools who don't actively provide some of the practical things or some of the things you need to build your portfolio. Many medical students from the UK have asked me for advice about how to build a portfolio, how to boost their CV. I did a video on how to boost your CV because people ask me, you know, what do I do? I'm lost. You know, I'm not taught any of this at medical school. So take some, maybe take some comfort that you're not alone. But like I said, it may be a bit more exaggerated in Nepal, but you've got an advantage in the sense that you have access to the internet, social media, and you can contact people in the UK, contact people in the US. And I'm sure if you keep persevering, you'll find people who could be your mentor or people who could just give you advice and youtube is a wonderful resource like i feel like i should have used youtube to again do what you're doing to maybe look out for people and and find useful resources i feel like i should have used it more when i was a student because there are so many things on youtube that can really help you so keep an eye out and just stay stay in the loop and i'm sure you will be fine but like I've said in my videos, you know, try and get a publication. It doesn't have to be very big, you know. Even I have, uh, you may have, you must have heard of PubMed. And I have an article in PubMed. I didn't even know it was an article in PubMed. I, <laughs> I wrote an opinion piece for the student BMJ in the UK here. And someone had asked me, oh, what do I, how can I get a publication? Just on Twitter, actually. And they said, oh, one has to be searchable in PubMed. And, and then I did a quick search in PubMed for my name. And it came up with um, a very short, like, opinion piece or some tips for medical students or something like that. I didn't even know. And I said, well, here, have a look at that link. You can write something similar or something, you know, an opinion piece and kind of, you know, it will, I'm sure it could be searchable in that way. So people often think about massive, massive projects. If you have no previous publishing experience and no mentor or no guidance, try and start something very basic. And that would even be in um, publications that you could find in Nepal, I'm sure. Because when I, my first, one of my first publications was very, very short piece about taking a year out of training. And I got paid for it as well. It was from the BMA, BMA News. They had another additional publication. And it was very short and it's a publication. And it's something I can add to my CV. And I got paid for it, which is great as well. So try and aim high, of course, but you have to build your experience as well. So whether that's with a quip, a quality improvement project, an audit, an opinion piece. Many of my opinion pieces, if you look, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn or you watch my video, you will see a lot of my opinion pieces are based on something I've read, whether that's a survey, or something I've come across and then I've just put my spin on it, my own unique take on it and I've submitted it to BMJ or submitted it somewhere and they've accepted it. To be honest, you know, it was good but I look back, I think it could have been better but they accepted it so it must have been of a good quality that, you know, they've accepted it but I, maybe that goes back to being the perfectionist or the type of personality that we have, isn't it? Where we think, oh God, I'm hoping it's going to be accepted. I think it could be better but I'm going to see and then they accept it and you're like, oh wow, that, that must be good then but you have to, you have have to have someone accept your publication for you to believe that it's really good isn't it so I would say try and start small right and stay in the loop speak to each other and please you know bounce off of each other share things with each other I also feel when I went to UCL even before when I was at school there were like maybe five people who applied to medicine and I feel like there were a few people who were very secretive they didn't want to share resources they didn't want to share information I'm sure you're smiling because you know in medical school people are very secretive they don't want to share we all want to be doctors we all want to achieve the same goal so if you can find the handful of people who are willing to help you and you're willing to help them please hold on to those people and share 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 bring each other up and I really 
really wish that I had a few good people who helped me, but I wish that it wasn't so secretive and so competitive as it was. So please, you know, try and support each other. And if you come across something on the internet or a competition, you can all submit for it. Or you can work together and submit together. You can all be co-authors, you know, many things. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice about, you know, trying to build your CV, build your credibility, build your portfolio. It can be done. That was such a great advice, Dr. Baptiste. We should definitely work on that. We should build more connections and explore opportunities in the area that interests us. And of course, we should help each other out as we go on. And we should start somewhere, even if it is small, one day we will reach where we want. Incredible advice. So to spice things up a little bit, we have a very fun game of rapid fire lined up. Oh, no. I'm not good at this. Someone did this with me before and I was terrible. So I'll try my best. I, I, yeah, I presume we're coming to the end. So you want to do a quick... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I'll try. If you, you know about me, I speak a lot. So I'll try and give a short yeah, answer. Sure. sure, it's okay. So shall we start? Yes, okay. yes, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, books or movies? Uh, books. All right. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Tea or coffee? Queen or the Beatles? <laughs> uh, oh God! Uh, can I pass? <laughs> <laughs> you could choose one. Oh God! I, I, I will say the Beatles. I'm sorry. Sorry, okay. Queen. <laughs> sorry to our Majesty. <laughs> physicians or surgeons? Oh, physicians. What is happiness for you? In one word, is it? Meant... <laughs> yeah, uh, you... Happiness for me um it's just being being at peace and being with my family uh and just yeah having family time having me time and no worries just being in the moment me time is very important in this uh life in one word life yes uh a journey a journey that's incredible your journey in a sentence (laughs) my gosh this is getting harder My journey, my journey is not over yet, you see. So the start of my journey is working hard to become a doctor, enjoying life as a doctor and seeing where, what the future holds. What do you do when you are sad? I cry. <laughs> I cry, I admit I cry. Um, when I'm sad, I do cry, I'll be honest, I do cry. I think I cry too much, actually. Is that bad? Is that bad admission? It's really not. It eases your heart when you... Out. I think I'm an emotional person. I'm a very emotional. Like I, people say, they use the word empath. I think I, I feel like I pick up on emotions very easily. And maybe that's why I cry a lot. <laughs> uh, when I'm sad, when I'm sad, uh, I try and take some time to myself and I try and understand why exactly what's made me sad and how I can rectify or how I can overcome it. Um, I'm a very like practical or logical person I try and think of solutions to things so I'd be think I'd be working about how can I get a solution to this thing that's made me sad <laughs> that's that's really good and you did really well in the over to the host it was so fun Dr. Baptist <laughs> I think we all enjoyed it Oh, that's really, yeah, really good. Yeah, we, as you had uh, predicted a bit earlier, we are almost at the end of this session. At the end, although you have already covered so many things, I'd like to ask on, on behalf of all the medical students, 
what advice would you like to give and any final words that you'd like to say to all of us uh, just be happy please try and be happy you know and being happy doesn't mean you have to be rich it doesn't mean you have to have a massive mansion and a massive car Porsche or Audi or whatever the favorite car it is I don't know at the time just being happy like I said when I'm when you ask me the question the rapid fire being happy is when I'm with my family you know because I know like with my parents they're they're not old but they they're not young you know <laughs> and they're getting older you know and so I try and cherish cherish the time even when I was younger and you know a lot of young people don't want to spend time with their family their parents they think oh they're boring I love spending time with my parents and my family because like I said I know they're not going to be here forever and if you know doing medicine and seeing what I've seen and you guys probably can resonate you know that you don't even have to be a medic you don't even have to you know be a medical student you know how precious life is and I think for me I'm very keen to spend the most of um, as much time as I can with the people that mean the most to me so for me yes I try just try and be happy and spend as much time as you can with your loved ones and focusing on what is important to you and like I said it does you know it doesn't have to be a massive house and a massive car we all want to be comfortable we all want to have those you know creature comforts and that's fine but try and you know find out what's what's important to you and try and make incorporate it make the most of that of what is important to you and like I said for me that's spending time with my family so yeah that, I guess that'll be my last my final 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 one. <laughs> oh, my last thing actually no that's not my final words <laughs> I'm doing a giveaway and every I've only done one giveaway on my channel and the last giveaway the only giveaway I did was for UK medical students or UK subscribers but I'm conscious that I have subscribers and people who watch my videos and who are not in the UK so I'm I'm looking to see if there's anything I can give away to people who are not you know solely based in the UK so it wouldn't be obviously something physical that I could ship over to you guys but I don't know if it's a subscription or something that you guys use as a resource or please just send me a few suggestions within reason <laughs> and that's my final my final one <laughs> I think what Whatever this pandemic did, it connected people and it brought the world together because we were having the same experiences and many a times our day in our lives are so different based on the geographical area that we stay, but the whole world came together to have one single experience and the pandemic made us meet you. It was like you were resonating our words and we would love to meet you. Like, unfortunately, Time passes and memories remain, and that's what happens all the time with life. But will we see you anywhere around in the town of Kathmandu here in Nepal? Would it be any time soon? <laughs> love to meet you. I would love to meet you guys. I was even saying, I was even thinking as you before you said that. I'd, I'd love to meet you guys. Like I'd love to physically, definitely one day uh, when all this is over. I'd love to come and you know see you guys in person, see where you live. Well, maybe not where you're living, but where your medical school is. You know, <laughs> whatever you want to show me, I'd love to come and visit. And yeah, just that would be great. But I think maybe going forward because of the situation, definitely I'd be open to just checking in with you guys and supporting you guys in any way that I can. That was so wonderful, Dr. Patrice, and we would love to have you as our mentor to talk to you more and see you here in Nepal and meet you physically. Hope that day comes soon. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, it was lovely speaking to all of you and finally meeting you guys. And um, you guys, are honestly, you are doing amazing. 
I don't know if many people tell you that often, but you are doing fantastically, okay? You're doing wonderfully well, wherever you are on your path, um, and you're, you're going to go on to do amazing things. So um, if people don't tell you that often, I'm going to tell you you're doing just fine. So just enjoy where you are, okay? All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Kumar. Listen out to our other link in the description. So please go and check her channel. I think we're almost at the end. Prathna, would you like to say something? Uh, nothing much, but maybe we should take a photo, like, with all the smiling <laughs> faces. We can end this beautifully. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye-bye. We can say a big bye to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, see you.